Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning. I'm Heather Caro. My name's Father Tim Smith. And we are broadcasting this morning Real Presence Live from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House this morning in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us. It's a beautiful morning in the upper Midwest, and we're celebrating God's grace and glory, as well as the works of mercy and charity in the life of our Catholic faith. Absolutely. Well, before we get on too far, Father, will you start us in prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for the glory of this day. We ask that you would help us bear witness to your truth and love through our words and through our actions and through our attention, which is directed to you each day. We ask that you would bless all our listeners as they go about their duties and help them live according to your truth and your will. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we are broadcasting this morning from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. And for those that don't aren't familiar with the Sioux Falls area, that is our local homeless shelter. That's correct. Uh, in the city of Sioux Falls, there's a number of uh, church-sponsored uh, outreaches to those who are unfortunate or going through difficult times. And mm-hmm. the Bishop Dudley House is a center for many uh, opportunities, as well as a center for birthright, which helps bring protection and care for the unborn, as well as uh, it's adjacent to the which which provides meals uh, two times a mm-hmm. day for those who are going without and so they can have food and drink provided to them and also just up the street we also have the st. Francis house another one of our outreaches and all of these organizations have come together and have existed all throughout the last 30 years through the participation of the members of God's church mm-hmm. and so this is part of those works of mercy and so we're glad to be here at the Bishop Dudley house today um, director Chad Campbell is a frequent guest that we have here on Real Presence Live, and so Chad was uh, invited us down today mm-hmm. um, just to see some of the work of God's blessings that's happening right here in our city. And we're, later on in the show today, we're gonna we're gonna step up in Fargo and see what how they're doing the works of mercy at one of their care centers there. Yep, absolutely. Well, and I I think with Real Presence Live, we like to get out to where the people are, and so you're, you you'll be hearing a lot of on-site shows coming up in the future of where we're out with the people and just hanging out with uh, different aspects or different parts of the Catholic Church and I just find it so much fun it's to, great to hang out with all of our friends <laughs> especially in summertime yeah when yeah we hear when that we di- could get there <laughs> when we hear that dismissal at mass where we say the mass is over go in peace go and glorify the Lord by your life we want to be where mm-hmm. members of the church are glorifying the Lord with their yep. lives and, and how they're living the faith how they're sharing the faith whether it's through the works of mercy that the church makes available, as well as through times of prayer and celebration, concerts. We're going to talk about later in the show some events happening in the area where you can come together and and praise and glorify God. So many good things. Good things, good things. Well, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we're going to head up to Fargo. Aaron is going to share with us what's happening this morning. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. 
I'm really looking forward to this show, and we've got, in these summer months, they're upon us, and definitely a time of rest and relaxation. But the question is, should we let our faith relax as well? We'll have Father Jordan Sampson up here to give us ways to keep our faith alive. After that, Father Smith will be here for your questions of faith during Straight Talk. Also, Pentecost is just around the corner, and in the second hour, one parish will share with us how they're going to celebrate. We'll also take a tour around the area for our 10-minute tour and hear about another celebration of a grand reopening. And get ready to rock on over to Duluth with Jesus. We're going to hear more about that coming up in the second hour. All this coming up here on Real Presence Live, it's going to be fabulous today. Right back to you guys. Absolutely. We agree, Aaron. It's going to be a fun show this morning. Um, and thank you for that update. And summer is well underway. <laughs> well, we went from fall to summer, and that's the way it works around here. <laughs> yeah, well, the, yeah, winter was, was really drug out, you know. It was really drug out, and then summer is like, okay, I'm here. That's great. Well, the, the flowers are in full bloom just in time <coughs> as we get ready for Pentecost. We're going to talk about that later in the show this morning, Absolutely. too, as we prepare as the church awaits the coming of the Holy Spirit that we were going to commemorate on this great Sunday coming up. Uh, Okay, well, let's head on. We're going to go to, is it Aberdeen? Is that where Father Jordan is? I believe he's on the move. Uh, Father Jordan Sampson, are you there? I am here. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Father, where are you calling us from this morning? Yes, well, I am based out of Aberdeen, but currently I am at the Abbey of the Hills, uh, the beautiful Abbey of the Hills near Marvin, South Dakota, the former Blue Cloud Abbey. Beautiful place. Do you have an event going on there this week, Father Jordan? We do. Yeah, uh, Father Hagerty and I are putting on a vocation camp uh, for about 22 uh, young men who come here to kind of have fun, throw water balloons at each other, and <laughs> pray. So it's been it's been great. That's a great opportunity, encouraging those vocations. And uh, Father Jordan, you're, you participate in the vocations office and encouraging uh, young men to the priesthood and young women to religious life. Um, Father Jordan, it sounds like you're in the full swing of summertime. Water balloons, yeah. having a su- fun <laughs> summer camp. Um, you know, what are some things we can do to keep our faith alive at summertime? Um, there's so many things that are can be distracting. Mm-hmm. The weather's hot. Um, we may not feel like going to church. What are some things you found, Father Jordan, in keeping the faith alive during summer? Oh, definitely. Yeah, summer months, uh, schedules just seem to change a little bit. You know, they're different. And so I think it's a, kind of a combination of being intentional and being kind to yourself. <laughs> I think mm. we have to really mm. allow ourselves some leeway, uh, not in, in in stopping prayer at all, but in Definitely just uh, to realize and acknowledge that, you know, summer schedules are just different. Uh, and so, but the intentional plan ahead, uh, I definitely have to look at each day in my own life and say, hey, when am I going to pray? When am I going to uh, have Mass? When am I going to uh, pray to bravery? Um, so, yeah, but to be intentional, but also to know that sometimes our, our routine is just a little out of whack in the summer. Well, and I was um, on the way over here, I, I was listening to um, a show that they were talking about the importance of, you know, different things in your life. And I think people tend to forget how important church really is and how much prayer life really is in your life. Um, so it's very easy for it to become relaxed. What 
how do you suggest people go about this? Um, scheduling prayer, being really strict about it, or how would you suggest it? Oh, yeah, that's hard. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely put it on your schedule. Put it on your schedule and, and stick to it. Make a, make a plan, like I said. Um, you mentioned Sunday Mass, and, you know, there's so many things online right now that, uh, you know, you can find Mass. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of excuses uh, for missing Mass uh, because you're in a different city, you're vacationing, you're, you know, you're out uh, fishing, whatever it is. There, if you make time, I believe you can you can get there. You know, a lot of people are planning, you know, summer trips or particularly some, a lot of our farmers are still in the field right now because mm-hmm. of the work that needs to be done. Mm. Uh, Father Jordan, what was your family background like? How did, how did the responsibilities you had as a family, you know, do you come from the, the country or from the city and how did your family, you know, keep the faith alive during the summer? Sure. Sure. Uh, I'm from Eden, South Dakota. So yeah, my family is farmers and, I think my parents gave a great witness. Very, very beautiful. Every Sunday, Sunday morning was protected. Um, we went to mass. We, you know, even in the busiest harvest months or planting months, Sunday morning was mass. And you know, if we had to get out in the field, we did so starting around noon because <laughs> um, that, that sometimes is necessary because of the weather. It's going to rain on Monday, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and at the same time, you know, it was it was we go to mass on Sunday and and we make that time. And I, I think the Lord blesses that. Uh, that effort, <laughs> he blesses mm-hmm. that time. So, um, during the summer months, you work hard, you work late, uh, but God doesn't get pushed to the side. Yeah, I think that's really important. Well, and I think, you know, you had a good point, too, because everything's online anymore. Um, I've had to get creative at times where, you know, you've got soccer games going on and tournaments going on and all this stuff, and then if you take a step back and you're like, okay, how important is it really? Yeah. You know, you take a step back and then you get creative and you're like, well, maybe I could go to mass an hour away on my way home, you know, and mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, you can find mass times, masstime.org is one of my favorite sites, but you can just look it up and you can just, you know, get creative with it. Yeah. It's yeah. A, there's so, so many great opportunities with new communication. Uh, Father Jordan, you know, Another thing is a lot of college students right now maybe come home to stay stay with their families, you know, during mm-hmm. the summer months. Uh, what do you think, Father Jordan, about, you know, college students, how they keep the faith alive? Uh, Father Jordan is actually a chaplain of a Newman Center. And so, you know, really one of the things mm-hmm. is we want to keep that living as intentional disciples. Yeah. Uh, I I know as a parish priest, I, I recognize where I see the college students that are coming home. Yeah. And so there are some in our parish that I, I, I see they're continuing that commitment to prayer yeah. by attending daily mass, as well as keeping that commitment to Eucharistic adoration. That well, and don't you think that that is a nod to the Newman centers on how important they are because it keeps their faith alive. And at some point, I think in college, maybe it's earlier for some students, where the Catholic faith becomes their own. And I think that's so important for the Newman Centers to exist so that that Catholic faith becomes their own. And then when they come home, they want to continue. It's not because mom and dad said they have to go. Father Jordan, you have uh, focus missionaries that are on your college campus where you minister. What, what are some things you've recognized in how they help college students keep the faith alive during the summer? 
you know, Focus is, and I think we got to follow their example, they're really good about the use of technology. Man, they do some Skype Bible studies during the summer. Wow. Uh, they stay in touch with each other um, through those video conferencing and just using technology to their advantage uh, and staying connected with their students over the summer when they're, you know, separated by, you know, hours and many, many miles. So, um, you know, that kind of thing is so available to us, and sometimes we just don't use it well. Uh, but Focus has uh, been really impressed with their use of technology. Very good. Well, and I think that's funny that we were both like, wow! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just seeing all these uh, great opportunities for a Bible study. You know, yeah. summer is a great opportunity, that time that's opened up to us for some spiritual reading. Uh, Father Jordan, do you have any recommendations? How can we use that time in spiritual reading? What are some things that we could seek out that you, do you have any recommendations? <laughs> sure. I think we, uh, we always look at summer and be like, oh, I'm going to have all this time. And mm-hmm. I don't know, does life ever slow down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no. Um, I, I like the idea of summer reading. <laughs> uh, sometimes it doesn't always happen, but, um, my biggest recommendation is like find a good novel, something that shows you that you can read that's a little lighter. That uh, and, and my favorite, one of my favorite authors is Michael O'Brien. You know, mm. the Father Elijah. He's well known for that one, but he's got a ton of books, and they are just insightful to the human person, to the human condition, to the spiritual life. Uh, I find him really helpful in a lot of uh, and, and a good summer read. You know, like it's deep, it's it's kind of long, but uh, you could finish it in three months. And. It's a great recommendation, a good novel. Uh, I, what are you reading right now for yourself, Father Jordan? What, do you, what's, uh, what are you spending time with? Uh, right now, to be honest, I like biographies. I do like biographies. Those help me an insight. And I'm reading uh, the biography of uh, Luigi Giussani, <laughs> a priest oh, wow. from Italy. Uh, and it's, I've been doing that for a year and a half because it's about 1,200 pages. So, You're kidding. Uh, I'm working my way through that. <laughs> That's uh, a pretty slowly. big one. I've seen that it on is. someone's shelf before. So. <laughs> yeah. That's where it would probably it's, stay for me. I'd be like, I I'm, on, I'm on chapter two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Father Tim? What are you reading? Well, I just got done reading some short stories by Flannery O'Connor, oh. a, a, a Catholic uh. author. And uh, just last month, I took a little pilgrimage to her home. Uh, oh. In Georgia, I had a week off vacation, and so I made a little pilgrimage and uh, was able to visit and pray at her home. So I agree with Father Jordan. A good uh, you know, piece of fiction, like something written by Michael O'Brien or a great a Catholic author like Flannery O'Connor, she's written a couple novels as well. And so maybe the summer reading, you know, it's we think about, oh, I have spiritual reading during Lent I'm going to do, and it might be mm-hmm. some one classic from one of the doctors of the church. But yeah. summer can be a fun time where it really also enlivens our imagination and helps us recognize, like, the true, the good, the beautiful, especially how it's reflected in literature, as well as in the lives of the saints, holy people like Father Giassani or other people that Father Jordan's reading about. Well, and Father Jordan, you had mentioned earlier about praying every day, scheduling time to pray. For someone that hasn't, um, doesn't have a daily prayer life or m- not much of one, how much time would you suggest they set aside? Are we talking like an hour every day mm-hmm. or... Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah, we again, we got to be, we got to be kind to ourselves. And I think someone just starting off, uh, you know, do what you can now, what you can't. Mm. And so I'd say uh, ten minutes, if you if you can spend spend ten minutes reading scripture uh, in silence and 
and just asking the Lord what he's doing in your life, uh, that that's a great start. Yeah. Key word is in silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking time away. Brother Jordan, I know also there's sometimes there's a day of opportunity for a day of recollection or a retreat. Do you think that would be something that would be helpful for one of our listeners during the summer months if they have the oh, time? Totally, totally. Day of recollection. Um, I'm here at the <coughs> Abbey. I mean, the Abbey of the Hills has days of recollection. Broomtree in our diocese, this is all South Dakota-based, but <laughs> uh, Sioux Falls Diocese has great opportunities. There's retreat centers all over. Take a day, uh, have a day of recollection. Those are good uh, starters. That's excellent. And Father Jordan, uh, any last words of encouragement for our listeners in the summer months? Maybe if they, maybe some time goes by and they feel like they, maybe I'm like, I'm blowing it here. Uh, <laughs> any recommendations? It's like Lent, right? You start out with good intentions and then it just goes to crap. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, enjoy your summer. Enjoy your summer. Try something. Do something. Uh, and, and set goals that are achievable. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, Father Jordan. Hey, thanks for having me. And Grateful. Have a great time with those boys. <laughs> uh, I will. I will. Pray Water for balloon us. fights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Father Jordan for joining us. We have to take our first break already, Father Tim. Morning's going by quick. It is. When we come back, we're going to have Chad Campbell, who is the executive director here at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. And then later at 9.30, we're going to have our Straight Talk segment, so don't forget to call in with any questions you might have for Father Tim Smith. That's going to be coming up later. And then also... We're going to celebrate Pentecost. What are some of your favorite ways to celebrate? We'll find out more right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. You know, just to jump on that comment, too, of just having those responses of being able to defend the faith, you know, no matter who we talk to. I mean, there's so many people that just aren't really familiar with the church teaching. So to be able to clarify that and to be kind of the light of Christ in the world, to bring that actual truth, the the beauty, to actually bring that to people, I think has just made, you know, it's a different changer for both of us. 
And I think, um, as you talked about, just knowing the truth of the church. So even if you know what the church teaches, can you really make that argument and support it every day? Right, day in and day out. And that's been a big thing for me is having this resource that you can sit and listen and learn so much. A big thing for me was even as a healthcare provider, knowing what abortion is and how it works, listening on Real Presence Radio one day to somebody, a healthcare provider actually talking through step by step, what that goes through was just a game changer for me and as far as being able to vocalize that to other people so that they really understand what abortion is Mm -hmm. and why the church teaches what they teach we all appreciate the comforting things in life great food laughter celebrating mass together and friendships here at riverview we have all those things and more hi i'm carrie Dew, executive director with senior independent living apartments and our crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance it is the sense of community here that makes riverview home to all of us contact me carrie Dew, or kelly brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. My name's Father Tim Smith. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting this morning from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and more specifically from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House, which is one of our local homeless shelters here in Sioux Falls. Yeah, it's a great place. It's uh, really the name of the legacy is uh, Bishop Paul Dudley, his history of his care for those who are in most need but that lives on in the hearts and minds of those people who serve our community and most especially in a good servant uh, mr chad campbell who's joining us today here uh right on site chad thanks for welcoming us this morning good morning father good morning heather good morning thanks for letting us come in and hang out in this office here oh my pleasure (laughs) we just kind of moved in that's okay we might stay for a while take as much space as you need (laughs) Well, it's good. Well, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was sure if you were going to have to redirect us because I see there's some renovations and things that are happening around know, here this morning. No, there's a lot of trucks and stuff out there. Yeah, it's a really exciting time, Father and Heather. It's, it's a great time. We've been open going on uh, over four years now. And as you know, we're open 365 days a year, basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when we first designed the facility, we took a lot of look at a lot of different facilities around the upper Midwest and try to put the best design in place that we possibly could, but we didn't necessarily realize the wear and tear that was going to happen on the facility being open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So we're going through right now and we're, we're what I'm calling industrializing the facility a little bit and making it uh, so we don't have to necessarily do some of the repairs and painting and things like that. So we have a lot of great things going on right now and uh, we're working with a lot of the uh, individuals in our community who supported us in the past who have stepped up to the plate again to help us out and and really beautify the facility because everything that we do we want to do in dignity to the guests that we serve as well as the volunteers and the donors and the benefactors. Absolutely. Well, and you know, some of the wear and tear that you're talking about are on things that we don't even think about. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what are you having to replace frequently? Sure. What we're looking at right now is we're doing our project, and it's going to be about $250,000 renovation project here at the facility, and we'll hopefully have it completed by August 1st. And we're kind of focusing on about six segments. 
and the six segments are number one uh, our ventilation system needs to have some severe overhaul because you know when we have individuals who are sleeping in our overnight rooms uh, we have space for 20 women and 80 men uh, mm -hmm. the system we have right now it, it heats and cools it properly but we don't necessarily have the ventilation which okay. creates humidity and can create some different things so it's really caused some havoc on our sleeping areas as well as our lavatories uh, so we're also going to work on uh, doing some repair uh, work in our lavatories putting in some um, shutoff valves and uh, industrializing some of the sinks and the counters and uh, the flooring. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, flooring upgrades here. Uh, right now we currently have a vinyl floor and you know with people who come in they have things that they carry. A lot mm -hmm. of the folks we have don't have automobiles and uh, so the things that they carry they have in a suitcase and that gets uh, drug across the floor and cr creates scratches in the floors and uh, so we're going to be ripping up the floors and putting down a nice uh, industrial epoxy uh, so that'll have a long-term longevity. We're going to put some uh, core guard uh, basically some hard plastic on the walls that's a nice mm. plastic but then it will prevent scrapes and scratches and things like that that just happen from normal wear and tear so we don't have to paint all the time. Right. Um, and then we're going to do some upgrading in our family suites where um, we have two queen-size beds in each suite, but they're just beds like we'd have at home. Yeah. And, you know, we served 53 families last year, wow. so that's a lot of people who are coming in and using those those beds. So we're going to be industrializing those beds, but still making them comfortable, but not mm -hmm. movable in the room. Okay. So they're going to be affixed to the floor. Uh, we're going to put in some new uh, windows that are going to have some frost on them, so we don't have to worry about any type of blinds or shades and things like that. And plus, we're going to make them a little thicker, so they're uh, not as damage-proof from the outside. Okay. Um... So, so we a have lot a lot of things going on right now, and it's about a two-month total project. Okay. But it'll be a very nice thing for the guests to, to experience once it's all done. Well, and I, and I think a lot of folks have uh, the spring appeal sitting on their front in the kitchen counters like I do. Correct. And so you have the spring appeal. Does that have anything to do with the renovations, or is that a separate It's all reason? intertwined. It's is all it? intertwined. Everything that we do is, is just to have for the betterment of the guests. So, mm -hmm. you know, the Spring Appeal is sitting on, you know, our great donors' uh, desks and uh, counters and things like that. So if they have the opportunity to, to give to us and, and can help us with our ministry, we'd greatly appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So we can make sure that we have the operational dollars to operate, but yet alone, you know, make sure that we do these projects and, and have the facility looking as nice as we can for the guests. Well, and that's one thing I always love about the Bishop Dudley House is that you walk in and it's not what you think. Correct. It is a beautiful space. It feels like home. And I think you've spent a lot of your time as the executive director making sure that it feels that way. Correct. And with these renovations, you want to continue that. Correct. The big thing is we want just everyone when they walk through that door is to not necessarily feel like they're coming into a homeless shelter environment because they're in a crisis mode. They're usually at the lowest point in their lives. And the last thing that we want to do is create an environment where they feel like I've hit rock bottom. So right. when they come into the facility and they see that it's uh, beautiful and it's airy and it's welcoming and, you know, our staff greets them when they come in, I think that really says a lot for what we're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. And then having the completely uh, separate places, both for the families and the women and then the men, it really creates a, a good space for everybody to use and to everybody feel safe because safety is probably one of our biggest concerns that we have. Right. Absolutely. So when you're... Um talking about some of the guests that stay here. The Bishop Dudley House runs a little bit differently than a lot of homeless shelters. Right. And we're not going to get too far into it, but just real briefly, can you touch on, um, you said you had visited other different uh, facilities mm -hmm. when we were 
getting this up and going, what were some of the things that you wanted to incorporate into the Bishop Dudley House? One of the biggest things is the time duration that we allow people to stay. And most of the shelters that we visited, they usually just have a 30-day cycle where they can come in for 30 days, kind of get their bearings or have a place to stay for 30 days, and then they need to move on. Mm -hmm. So our goal is we actually work with a lot of different people in the community to have them identify what are their areas of opportunity and their problems so then they can stabilize and then try to fix what they're working on. The thing I learned a long time ago is I can't fix it for them. Our staff can't fix it for them. Mm -hmm. They have to take what we offer and fix their lives themselves because, number one, it's about buy-in, but number two, it's there's this feeling of gratification when they do mm -hmm. fix the problems that they have. Yeah. Um, so it's incorporating them with the different services that we have. So we allow them to stay up to 120 days. And then we also, during our winter months, which in Sioux Falls, as you know, can be from a lot of different time periods. Yeah. Uh, but usually for us, the emergency shelter runs from November 1 to about April 1, so five or six months. And, you know, any guest in the community who's experiencing homelessness, regardless of duration, you know, can come and stay at the facility, you know, during those winter months, just so we don't have anybody freeze to death outside. Absolutely. But the biggest thing we try to do is uh, have them take a sense of ownership of trying to repair and rebuild their lives. So right now, as we're broadcasting um, Real Presence Live, we're broadcasting over five-state region. Um, what are some things that people can do listening to the problem of homelessness? What are some p things that people can do in their own communities to help out? Well, the biggest thing that I always try to tell people is, in my background, I was a police officer in the past. Uh, the biggest thing is if you encounter individuals who are experiencing homelessness is, to, number one, uh, encourage them to, to seek the services that are available in their community. And sometimes there's not services mm -hmm. that are available. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so then I encourage them to try to connect them with any local churches, parishes, etc., you know, but the biggest thing is that in your communities, we have a lot of people who come to the Bishop Dudley House Hotel from the five-state region because Sioux Falls is the biggest city in the area. So people get sent here to try to repair their lives and to heal. So what I always tell people is just focus on your community and what you can do there. And if that's helping people with um, financial needs, help them with that, help them with blankets, help them with um, clothing, uh, shoes, T-shirts, water, food, etc. There's so many different things that they can do. It's just, you know, whatever they're called to do, um, you know, through their faith, that's what I encourage them to do. Well, and one thing that I, I realized, you know, coming down to the banquet or to the Bishop Dudley house is it doesn't always have a, a certain look. Correct. Somebody can be homeless and you might not even know it. Correct. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing here is you'll see somebody who looks just like you and I, dressed like you and I, but they've experienced <coughs> homelessness for a year and a half. Absolutely. It's just there's no specific look of somebody who's experiencing homelessness. Well, thank you, Chad, for joining us this morning. You're welcome. It's thank been my pleasure. Thank you for letting us crash. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Well, that was Chad Campbell. We're broadcasting this morning from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And Father, that means you're on. All right. <laughs> this next segment is our straight talk segment. And that means it is your opportunity to call in with any questions you might have on the faith or any current events. We will try to answer them for you. I say we very lightly. I mean, Father Tim will try to answer them for you. <laughs> His, our number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122 if you have any questions. Or you can submit them on Facebook. And we promise you don't have to submit your name if you don't want to. You could make it up. We wouldn't know. Well, that's all right. If it's on your Facebook <laughs> profile, we know who you that are. That way so we So there know. we go. But it's, a, it's glad to be here again. Give us a call, 
0122. And we have a question that's been submitted to us online. The question is, could you please explain how the church defines the work for gaining a plenary indulgence and why? And for example, uh, there are certain activities in the life of the church that a member can do to, uh, there's a plenary in, indulgence that's attached. And so that could be visit a shrine. Um, and there's also what's attached to this idea of a plenary indulgence is to pray for the Pope, uh, to have a sacramental confession and be free of an attachment to sins, uh, any venial sins or any uh, permanent sins. Um, and so yesterday, this brings back a question from yesterday's show. I, I was listening to Real Presence Live, and one of our guest priests talked about during the year of mercy, um, mm -hmm. he could get a, uh, or the year of St. Paul, I think he said, he could get a plenary indulgence by going to the, the Cathedral of St. Paul in Min Minneapolis or St. Paul, Minnesota. Hmm. And uh, he said, I tried to go almost every day if I could, you know, to pray and, and stay in that state of grace. And the uh, first thing is, is getting a good definition of what is a plenary That was my next question. How did you know that? Well, you know, <laughs> the, the thing is, it's always great to get down to causes and conditions mm -hmm. and always to look. And one of the best dictionaries that's available in the life of the church today is written by a great catechist. His name was Father John Hardin. He, there's even a catechetical center dedicated to him in La Crosse, Wisconsin, at the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And Father Hardin has a great great compendium of di dictionary terms of many popular things that Catholics want to know. And the great thing is this is now available online. You can just use Google and it can bring up this great dictionary and help you have a good definition for these terms. So this morning we're talking about the question of a plenary indulgence. And so an indulgence that can remove all the temporal punishment due to forgiven sin, sin that God has forgiven, but still every time there's something. So Chad knows this as when he was a police officer, we just had Chad Campbell on air. He knows that, okay, someone has committed a crime of theft as our police officers and law enforcement are responsible for this all the time. Now they can still be forgiven. They can be repentant and they can, they can serve their time. But part of that serving that time or maybe making restitution is covering for the actual theft that had been taken place. And so we think about in the order of, of salvation and the order of grace that even though we sin against God and Jesus is full of love and mercy and, and he brings satisfaction for our sins and all that comes through his sanctification that he brings us through the power of the cross, he brings us justification there, but we still recognize that there still is a matter that we have transgressed against God. And so so in a certain sense, a plenary indulgence brings about this great fact that uh, that we can recognize that there is a restitution. So Catholics, we uphold, there's a teaching on purgatory. I'm sure this is going to spark a number of questions that are in mm -hmm. the minds of our listeners. But one thing that an indulgence can do is really, it's we only God knows for sure that if a plenary indulgence is actually gained because God knows whether a person's disposition, their intention, their heart, that if they have had sufficient repentance, that they really say, I do not want to be a thief anymore. I am done. And I'm sure we all know people that have had powerful conversions and they've had that transformation in their life. So as a Catholic faith understands it, this isn't just some rudimentary act and you automatically are a changed person. If you are still... There aren't bells that go off when it's complete. If you're still <laughs> if in your heart and in your intention, if you still want to continue to do habitually sinful actions, mm -hmm. you 
know, God knows that. God is God. He's, he's the author of all salvation. He's the author of us and our creation. He knows the hearts and minds and men. But ultimately, when we look at a work that's performed, a prayer or a visit to a shrine, ultimately, this goes back to a human act, that everything we do as human beings is a moral, is a moral action. And so we have an intellect, a mind that thinks. We have willpower that makes, helps make us execute our actions and our thoughts and how we execute what we do. And we also have an end that we're working towards. And so a plenary indulgence or a work that's related to a plenary indulgence is another human action. And ultimately, it's something that the person, the, the person who is doing the work is doing this for the intention of holiness, for the intention of living the life of God, for the intention of heaven. Mm. And so that is the main end that the person is doing to glorify God through works of prayer, as well as that intention of their own sanctification that they say, I want to be holy. I was reading about St. Norbert today, and I learned about how he once led a worldly life and then he become a great saint. I want the same thing to happen Mm. in my life. And so they may put themselves in the works of prayer, works of mercy, and that way they can gain, you know, this plenary indulgence, which is really for the sanctification of the person that's performing the work. And so one thing you can make sure, how do you know that you're performing that work authentically with a pure heart? Well, sacramental confession where you might go in there and just say, Father, this is everything, and I've got hardness in my heart. There's all these things that are in my life, but I repent and I turn away from that. And then I go to Holy Mass, and I receive Jesus in Holy Communion, and I'll say a prayer for the Holy Father and ask that, you know, he would continue to lead all people throughout the world to the goodness and the love and mercy of Jesus. Very good. Well, that, if you have more questions on plenary, say it plenary indulgences <laughs> now so the question would be if someone would say well how, what if i'm not totally you know in that state of perfection or i'm not totally in that free of not perfection but being detached from sin well then that becomes a partial indulgence so mm-hmm. the work of prayer whether it's you know you can gain a plenary indulgence there's there's a there's a there's a text you can find in the church that has a listing of all the beautiful prayers and it can be stations of the cross during any one of the 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 fridays and lent there's so many of course divine mercy sunday is is an opportunity where people can Mm -hmm. have an indulgence but even works of mercy you know pope francis a couple years ago when he he gave out this clarion call to the church throughout the world to perform works of mercy. So even the mission right here at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House and like giving and basically giving alms to the poor, you Mm -hmm. know, there's times where I recognize that I need God's mercy. When I was a seminarian, I'm living with a hundred other guys. You know what? I didn't always get along with hundred other seminarians. Friendly father, Tim. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Same thing is true for sisters in convents or religious communities. Same thing is true for families. Yeah, Brothers absolutely. and sisters don't get along. And one day I kind of had a glimpse. It was during Lent of my own just, you know, lack of love. And I was so fed up with it. I went right downtown Minneapolis. I went to the missionaries of charity. I knocked on their door. I reached into my wallet. I grabbed all the money out of my wallet, and I just t- tossed it to sister, and I said, take it. For, for, this is for my sins. For mm. whatever in me is not of God, I want to be detached from it. And, you know, works of mercy, and perhaps you might be moved 
to do something like that. We'll, we'll find out your, your local outreach to the poor and those in most need. It could mm-hmm. be the Bishop Dudley House. It could be, you know, one of the other places anywhere in our listen area. And give generously. Yeah. That's one way with our actions we can actually turn away from sin and experience God's love and mercy by sharing with other people who need that help. Yeah. And uh, that's my recommendation for anyone who's fed up. And just like, <laughs> give it up to the Lord. Give it up to the Lord. Well, thank you for that question from one of our listeners. Uh, we're going to move on to the phone. We had somebody that called in with a question, and they actually, uh, the line dropped. So if you want to call back, we would be happy to take your call. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, or you can submit any questions on Facebook. So we're going to go to the phone lines, and we've got Chad from Gillette with a question. Chad, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning, Father. Good morning. I have a question for you about the First Friday devotions. Beautiful devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yes. Now, in that, is it necessary to fulfill the, uh, the requirements to receive uh, communion at Mass, or if Mass is not available, just to receive communion, and then they have to do all the other uh, requirements? Well, that's a great question, Chad, and especially thinking about our contemporary time. I'm going to give you a response, but I... I'm just going to tell you this is my instinct, and so I know I have other priests that are listening, and and there might be someone. So here's, I'm going to tell you what, Chad, this may not be 100%, so we can look back and get you a clearer answer on this. But what the most important thing is that we assist at Mass. So every Catholic is asked, so let's step back and look at what is the obligation for any priest. Catholic who wants to participate. Not necessarily the reception of Holy Communion. We just need to attend and assist at Mass with our prayers. And so if a Catholic, and this is a little back from your question, Chad, but that same principle would apply, that the reception of Holy Communion is not necessary, but that we assist at Mass with our prayers Hmm. um, for the Sunday obligation. Not that you have to receive Communion, because let's say you messed up that week and you didn't get a chance to get to confession, and you know you're not in a of grace to receive Holy Communion, but hey, you still go to Sunday Mass. Maybe it's been a really bad week, and you could still, you know, get in a good relationship with the Lord, but you're still assisting at Mass with your prayers. So the reception of Holy Communion is is not required, but what is required is assisting at Mass with our prayers. That's binding upon and something all Catholics. people don't think about. Well, they don't, and that's where we get in this problem with all <laughs> these other questions regarding Communion and who can have it and who can't. So that principle right there, Chad. Thinking about that, we recognize, okay, assisting at Mass with my prayers, not the reception of the Eucharist, but the assisting at Mass with my prayers. The other thing is, what if I'm prevented on First Friday from any number of things? And of course, I know this, Chad, because I have the most holy people in my parish sometimes can't get out of the house for months at a time because of a medical condition. But what do they do is they assist at Mass with their prayers through the means of EWTN, Right here on Real Presence Radio, you can listen while maybe you're an over-the-road truck driver. You can assist at Mass with your prayers and listen to the, mm. the broadcast of the Mass right here in the evenings on EWTN or the early hour mornings of the day. And because of the intention and the action is there for you, and you may be limited by your circumstances, the very fact that you are intentionally entering in to the Eucharistic sacrifice 
that may be through technological means because you're you're prevented from being immediately present but the fact that you're intending to assist on first fridays that is sufficient in my estimation that you are partaking in the first friday devotions and i will tell you chad i do have homebound parishioners and in order they do ask me and they receive you know uh, confession, you know, in anticipation of fulfilling uh, yeah. the first Friday devotion. And so we, I kind of have it on a schedule. I go and visit them at home because they are really serious Catholics mm-hmm. and, and they, but they're not able to get to church anymore because of their health, but they are really living in that life of grace. So does that make sense, Chad? That makes sense. Now the time for confession, is that still eight days or is it 10 days or is it that, does that vary? You know what? Just off the cuff here, it's 10 days to my estimation, but I, I would check with your parish priest on that, Chad, just to make sure. I might be giving you wrong information and our listeners, and I always want to say the right thing. Well, I sure appreciate that. God bless you, and thank you for being devoted to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you for your ministry, Father. Thank you for being a priest. God bless you. Okay, well, if you want to join in the conversation, you can change the subject. We allow that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our number, and you don't have to, 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122, or you can submit any questions you might have. On Facebook, we're in the middle of our Straight Talk segment. Gives our listeners in the local areas time to call in with your questions. No question is too difficult or too simple. If we don't know, we'll just say... We don't know. We'll let you know later. <laughs> you know, I, I just really enjoy people who are seeking holiness, you yeah. know, like Chad, who called in. There's so many people in our in our life of faith. And I see this through the people that volunteer their time at places like the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. One of my friends, uh, first name is Tony. That's all I got to say. I know Chad knows him. Because why? Because he's devoted. He has a time when he says, one thing I do, Father, he's, I know him through another ministry he does in the life of the church, but he knows that he's, he's a regimented guy, and he sets his time where he comes down here to participate in the works of mercy. And you know what? He might, there might not be a lot to do on the day that he comes, but he always finds himself useful to the ministry here mm-hmm. um, in the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. That's so great because we have an opportunity to share God's love and mercy with so many people. And he seeks holiness not just through his prayer, but also through his actions. And so spiritual as well as corporal. Well, and I think the thing that uh, I have found out personally when uh, volunteering at different places is that, you know, you go expecting to help those in need and helping others. And in the end, you're really gaining a lot yourself and you always walk away or I have always walked away from these experiences of being fulfilled myself you know it's really not about the other people and you know I've always struggled with that because it's like well I'm going because I get something out of it so therefore am I really doing a work of charity you know you know that whole debate but we have another question father are you ready for this one Sure. So the question from the listener is, could you please explain Pope Francis's recent change in the wording of the Our Father? 
Now, this question was asked yesterday on Real Presence yep. Live, and I would venture to guess it's going to be asked next week and perhaps the week afterwards. Yeah. And so that Everybody's being said, panicking. Yeah, that's all right. And I know our listeners, they're like, well, I don't hear every day, Father, so it's not, there's no bad question, <laughs> you know, but this, there is a, a question about that. And I'll just echo what, what the uh, priest that was doing Real Presence Live call-in yesterday said. Um, we really just recognize that I believe in understanding and I, I'm not well versed on this. It's in mm -hmm. a different Episcopal conference. You know, we're here in the United States in mm -hmm. the USCCB Episcopal conference. We have our great bishops here in the upper Midwest and they're participating in that. And so it's my understanding that this translation change, uh, many of us remember you know, back in 2010, we had a new translation of the Mass, and and with your spirit. Yeah. And we were like, how am I ever going to get used to that? And now people yeah. don't even think about it anymore. Right. Uh, now, now, that's a different level, but just keep in mind, our Episcopal Conference gave us that new translation of mm -hmm. the Mass and the liturgy and the prayers that we've been using now for almost the last 10 years. Now, it's my understanding that in the Episcopal Conference in Italy, um, as well as maybe some other European countries, they have a different translation. And of course, that's pertaining to the Our Father prayer. Right. And so that's been promulgated. Um, and the Holy Father, Pope Francis, who is the Bishop of Rome, is part of that translation process. I'm not sure the full implications, um, so I'm not able to comment on that. But I can say that we'll we'll see. You know how how is what is the fruitfulness of this translation? That's what Father said yesterday morning, and I will just echo his response on that as well. And uh, in terms of the minutia of the wording, there's a lot of great uh, liturgical scholars and scripture scholars that are in the life of the church. And so maybe you want to you know that's a question we might want to get Dr. Shri or uh, mm -hmm. maybe one of our other uh, called the communion um, mm -hmm. if you call in this afternoon or even Catholic Ath a Answers Lives one of our apologists Jimmy Aiken or any of the people that you can tune in here on Real Presence Radio and so I'd actually encourage you to stay tuned to call the communion stay tuned to Catholic Answers Live here in the afternoons on Real Presence Radio and you're going to get more feedback and a little more context as mm -hmm. some of these stories come out more in the news and some more of this information about liturgy and translation you can stay well informed as a Catholic but right now this is kind of emerging news and so I don't have an answer for you well and I think my question for you um, on this topic when we go to mass this Sunday are we going to notice any difference no, you will not, because within here in the United States, our Episcopal Conference, that would be way, way out. You would right. have fair warning. So you won't right. see any change in your Catholic parish here anywhere in the United States. Absolutely. You'll have plenty of warning, folks, we promise. Thanks, Heather, for bringing it right down to brass tacks. I always need to be I'm always that of, way, you know. You can count on me for that. I always got to be reminded what my German parishioners are going to say. Like, <laughs> How did you know I was part German? Well, I'm part German as well, and I, I like it regimented and the same. And uh, oh, Well, if you have any questions for Father, we're in our Straight Talk segment. It's a segment we do on Real Presence Live from 9.30 to 10, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. You can call in with any question you might have on faith or current events. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795. 7950122 or you can submit any questions you might have on Facebook. Speaking of good Germans, how about yeah. St. Norbert, the bishop who we celebrate today yes. in the liturgy, uh, 11th century, 12th century uh, bishop in the church. Norberg. That's a name you don't hear very often. Norbert. 
No Bert. But, no me, Bert. you know, there's probably a different uh, German <laughs> enunciation of it as well. Yeah, but, that's uh, what I was doing. <laughs> the, uh, I'm sure you were. And the great thing about St. Norbert, what I like about him, he was ordained a priest at 35. I was ordained a priest at 36. So oh. he's one for late bloomers. We still have a chance of becoming a saint, you know. <laughs> uh, but the other thing about St. Norbert is it says in his account of his life, uh, that in the martyrology, that he had led a worldly life. He had um, grown up with money and possessions. And, you know, like a lot of people, those temptations to live for the things of the world, mm-hmm. um, wealth and affluence and maybe a little power and influence that goes with that, um, you know, is an unsatisfying life. And he had a conversion experience, and that led him into the priesthood. And not only, it didn't stop there, it actually led him to a life of conversion. And there was a time for a reformation needed for the clergy. People were, again, getting caught up in the things of like money and Mm -hmm. prestige. And so what he did is he took the religious habit and he went about reforming and and living a monastic life and living in community with other priests. And what what did they do? They basically had chapter talks where they got together and they called each other out. Like, are we living Jesus's teachings here? And they devoted themselves to caring for the poor caring for those who are most in need and most especially to divine worship, celebrating the mass and and the things of God with great reverence and also their own sanctification and holiness. And so his young life as a priest, he died, you know, not much later into his forties or or fifties, but he really dedicated himself. He became an archbishop, but it was his witness of holiness and kind of a renunciation of wealth and power and the ways of the world and in service to the poor and most especially to God through celebration of the liturgy and mass. That's what made him a saint. And so we remember him today at mass. If you go to daily mass or tune in here on Real Presence Radio and you listen, um, you'll hear about St. Norbert later on today as, as the whole church lifts him up in prayer and his example of holiness and he became a great saint. Yeah. Well, and Father Tim, you used, you had a quote unquote normal job before you became a priest. Yeah, I was a and, tax collector, man. <laughs> well, and I think that we get so wrapped up, like you said, in the whole money part of life, and and a lot of people are constantly chasing that dollar, and they're not happy. Well, I'll tell you how the Lord really brought about that change in my life, and uh, it's. You know, I it really the, the I see Christ's presence in those who are in most need, and like uh, we're here at the Bishop Dudley House, that we can see Christ in the poor. the The rule of Saint Benedict would was always so we think about the old monastic order is that treat every visitor to the monastery as if it's Christ, and so even seeing the poor beggar and the in the lives of the saints, I I believe there's many accounts of where. Uh, a beggar or someone who was homeless or, or didn't have any possessions and saintly people have seen Jesus present in that person. Not far from here at the St. Francis House, one of the co-missions that are here to serve the poor and homeless, there's a statue of a man sleeping on a bench. And if you look closely at the statue underneath the blanket, it's Christ mm-hmm. who's the man sleeping on the bench. I was there when that statue was blessed And in my own experience, I worked for a big multinational corporation. I don't know if you remember what happened in 2007 and 2008, Mm -hmm. but we had a worldwide financial crisis. And I watched, I had stock, I had big options. I was working with a portfolio of several million dollars in, in, in business. It wasn't my money, but I was responsible for keeping track of it and, and managing it. 
and I was living for things of this world. And then I watched my stock price tumble from, you know, $60 a share down to below $1 in a matter of just a few weeks. And I recognize, am I living for that? Um, am I saving up treasure, which moths will eat and it will wear away? Or am I building up treasure in heaven, as Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew? And it was during that time that I had a conversion experience, not just because of God was taking away wealth and things from my life, but the other thing is that I recognized the emptiness. Mm -hmm. The most desolate moment in my life was when I had my biggest bonus check ever because I was, wasn't living as a Christian. I wasn't treating people with gospel values. I was selfish. I was self-centered. I was mean. I fought for that big pile of money at the end of the month, and I hurt other people's feelings. Well, I felt awful. I repented from my sinfulness because I wasn't living in accordance with Christian charity. A year later, after that most desolate experience, and a year after all the money kind of dwindled away, and I was really forced to look at the basic facts of life, I realized that God was calling me into a different relationship with him. And so I ended up volunteering at the St. Francis House with uh, Julie Becker, one of the other director, who's like Chad Campbell here in Sioux Falls, responsible for operations at that, at that care facility. And that's where I started really recognizing how Christ is alive. And so whether it's here at the Bishop Dudley House or in your city, wherever you're listening to us at in the upper Midwest, you can participate in Christ's saving mission. And it was working with church members and volunteers that came together to provide meals to those who were in most need. It was gathering together and leading the meal prayer with a room full of people that I recognize Jesus was calling me to be a priest. And here I was at the very same building a former convent that had been turned into a shelter started by Bishop Dudley himself. And I was working in the food pantry with one of the volunteers from Notre Dame for the summer, a woman named Claire. And I finally said for the first time, God is calling me to be a priest. Hmm. I think God is calling me to be a priest. And it was the works of mercy. It was the works of grace. And all members of the church can participate in this, whether it's here at the Bishop Dudley house or any care facility. Beautiful. Well, we are we only have one minute left for callers. You can get in still for this Straight Talk segment if you would like. The number is 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Well, and Father, for those that, um, you know, people know your voice through our five-state listening area, for those that don't know your face necessarily... I think for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, we would all say that you're the cheerful priest with, who always has a smile on his face. So looking back at that big bonus check, yeah, which is better? Uh, <laughs> I can uh, be happy to tell all our listeners, and this is recorded in the cloud for everyone around the world to hear if they want to. You know, I was crying myself to sleep those, you know, that's 10 years ago when I was pulling down those big bonus checks 10, 11, 12 years ago when I was doing that. I was restless, irritable, discontented. I had no direction, and I didn't have hope for heaven. And now the reason I have joy is because it comes from the Lord. It comes from God. It comes from the transformation. And any cheerfulness on my part, it comes from God. It's, it's a pure gift. And all gifts of faith are, are gratuitous gifts of God's grace that he pours out upon all our listeners, especially those in most need. Mm. And so it's... Take all the money in the world, you can have it because, you know, the kingdom of heaven is worth more than these. 
And that is truth. And uh, I know so many of our listeners who have experienced that same thing in their life. You know, it's okay. You know, so many great benefactors, people who do have their wealth, they put it at service of the church. And I know that many Mm -hmm. of our mission partners for Real Catholic Radio, many of our mission partners for our outreaches, Mm -hmm. Bishop Dudley House, they they use that their wealth, but it's at the service of God and the church. And so having these things is not a bad thing, but how you live as a disciple of Christ that is what really changes people and it's an opportunity for all of us just to give thanks for all those who really help us live as disciples whether they're supporting missions whether they're supporting people who are in most need there's so many great opportunities and that's how we live discipleship and we see this in the acts of the apostles when members of the church gathered together shared things in common and made decisions for the sake of those to live out the gospel well, and just to have that peace and joy that you have, Father Tim Smith, that is worth every penny. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, it's time for our break at the top of the hour. Thank you to all of those who, folks that called in or wrote in with any of your questions. Reminder, this segment's on at 930 every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. Up next, One Parish takes celebrating Pentecost to a whole new level. And later in the show, buckle up for the 10-minute tour of our local events. More right here as Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. (laughs) 